What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And today's episode is, this is a patron episode, but we're also doing it with the plan that we're going to put this out on the regular podcast. Let, Let the listeners know exactly what it is that the patrons are getting. They can sort of hear that format. And number one thing the patrons are not getting is the duos in the board meetings because (laughs) damn, I'm going to run out of duos eventually and I can't just spread them out and spread myself that thin. So no duos on the patron episodes. Sorry. Hope that doesn't affect your willingness to become a patron. I am not upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be as on your toes in the intro to the podcast. Yeah. Somehow I forget it happens every time. I'm just like, shit, we're still doing this. I love that. (laughs) I love it. And I just keep things going for way too long anyway, Um, (laughs) which is kind of the whole point of of this conversation, actually. Um, So before we jump into this, though, let me say if you are interested in becoming a patron, you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash power company podcast you can also find the link right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputers and what that means essentially is you'll get at least two bonus episodes per month um, sometimes more those episodes are often board meetings similar to this one where we're discussing a topic um, kind of wading our way through it if there's some strange topic that's been on our minds or um, something that's been bothering us about the direction training talk is going or something like that. We'll often talk about it on these patron episodes. Um, We also talk about our own training and what our own goals are. Um, What's your favorite part about the kind of new format, the flow we've gotten into in these patron episodes, Nate? Um. You know, I, th- I was actually just chatting uh, with someone about this the other day, like, because this has also been new for us in the sense that we're recording remotely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this has kind of turned into a fun time to catch up with you. Like, because it used to be we would kind of not see each other for, you know, one to two months, something like that. And then we'd hang out and immediately just like word vomit on each other. Like, okay, I read this, like, I've yeah. been thinking about this, which is always a ton of fun. And then, you know, when the pandemic happened, we kind of lost that. And I was like, kind of yeah. bummed, like in it, I feel like it took us a while to sort of get that back. And so now it feels like we have <sighs> that just in small increments now. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm a big, um, you know, I want the sound to be right for these episodes. You know, I, I think these conversations are important and, and for me, I don't enjoy the remote conversations with most people, but you and I have talked enough and 
um, have had enough of these in-depth, long-form conversations where I feel like we can read each other's vocal inflections and understand when a thought is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And it helps that we can see each other on video here while recording good audio. Um, that that platform didn't really exist. It was kind of a struggle in the beginning of the pandemic to figure out how to record with good audio, you know, because over Zoom is just shit, period. (laughs) And I wasn't willing to go there. Um, But this method that we're using is great. And I agree. I really enjoy just this like regular catch up time. Yeah. Instead of banging out like 10 board meetings in one night, ending up in some you know, either extra caffeine fueled all nighter or drunken stupor. So, or both sometimes, <laughs> or both. sometimes it's just <laughs> alternating episodes, whether it's more coffee or beer. <laughs> yeah. So, so I agree. This has been great. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, check that out in your show notes. Um, today's episode is based on a blog post that you just wrote and will be coming out with this episode. And it's on knowing when to quit. Yeah. Talk to me about where that idea came from. Um, So this idea came from Seth Godin's book, The Dip. And I can't remember if it's a full chapter or if it's just, it might even just be a few short pages. Um, And it doesn't fully even fit a whole lot with the rest of the book so much as it's like, it felt like this was an idea he really wanted to put out there. Um, Right. And I thought it was great. So the idea behind it is typically with most things that we do, we either quit when things get hard, but before we should, or we stick with things way longer when we should have quit already. You know, it's kind of like the advice, uh, buy low and sell high. Like it sounds great on paper, but our human emotions don't typically work that way. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we want to buy when everyone else is buying and that's when things are highest. Exactly. And like when price starts to, you know, plummet, you're like, oh no, I got to get out now. Um, so that's when we start to sell. Exactly. It's that same mentality for quitting too. Um, and so he talks about how in business and just in all these different ventures in life, how we need to, we need to have a strategy around when we quit because quitting can be useful. It can be a really great tool. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. It's like if you're doing something dumb that has that will never see benefit in the future, you should quit doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, quitting can be really helpful. And so it's important for us to learn when to quit and when not. And he uses this idea of a quitting strategy, um, which is basically set parameters for, okay, I need to achieve this by this time. And if I don't, I should consider quitting or I need to at least go this far into this, you know, put down this path before I'm allowed to consider quitting. You kind Mm -hmm. of approach it from different angles. Um, And I, you know, I read this like two years ago and I immediately thought it was applicable to climbing. Um, Yeah, it's because there's so many times in climbing where, you know, we'll see it. People will try something and they're like, oh, this is just way too hard but they just didn't give themselves a chance. And I'm guilty right. of this. Like I'm very guilty with sport climbs on this. Um, mm-hmm. Or they'll try something and they'll be like, I'm close. Just any second now I'm here. I'm just right. going to 
keep with it. And like four seasons later, you know, they're still saying the same thing where had they maybe stepped away, climbed a bunch of other things, they could have come back and done it in much less time. Yeah. I think that's a really important part of it. You know, the, you're not giving up, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm going to quit attempting this thing for life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more like I want to gain uh, a tactical advantage uh, in some way by quitting what I'm doing right now and doing something different that's going to aid me in that that tactical position, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I hear I, I've seen more and more over the last year um, climbing coaches and climbers in general they'll like skip a grade or something. And that's the, that's like, gives them license to say, forget the idea of the pyramid. That's, that's a stupid idea. Just skip the grades, you know? And, and I think that is them taking the pyramid too literal and almost in a linear sense, because mm. sure, if you want to skip a grade and, try something harder, you should absolutely do that. But there's going to come a point where it will be to your advantage to quit trying that thing for now and go back and do some, some lower grades. Fill in that pyramid. You might send a thing, then you might try another thing and have to quit it. You know, it's, it's this constant repositioning and, you know, tactical jostling to get yourself to that higher place. It's a lot like chess, right? Like imagine trying to play chess without ever giving up a pawn. Like I don't want to sacrifice this pawn. That would be me quitting on that pawn. Yeah. You can't do it. You know, it's, you're going to have to make tactical sacrifices in order to gain the best position. Yeah. And you can still have great lessons and great outcomes from quitting something like even if you see something only halfway through, like let's say you start trying a route, you put in the time, and then for whatever reasons, you're like, I need to go do something else. You don't lose all the value you got from that. Like you still learn, right. still got a bunch of benefits. And, you know, I, to me, I think the one of the most powerful parts of creating a quitting strategy is the fact that you create it outside of the situation itself. Mm. So, you know, we've all met, like people who early in a season, they're like, okay, I'm just going to try this rock climb until either I do it or the season's over and that's it. Well, halfway right. through the season, it starts getting really rainy and the route seeps. Like, do they quit then? They're like, you know, if your only plan is to barge ahead until the end of time, you're not allowed to like stop then. Well, what if they start getting like an overusage injury? Like they don't have a plan for that. And all of these little things and the biggest problem is that because they didn't build a plan early on, now they're compromised. Like they are yeah. so stressed over, oh, I really want to do this thing, but like, am I quitting early because I'm emotional and I think I can't do it? Am I holding myself back? Like, or am I only staying with it because I'm emotionally attached? Like it's a sunk cost fallacy, right. you know? And that's the problem is in the moment you have so much tied up that making a good decision is incredibly hard. I mean, as coaches, that's what we do for people most of the time. Like we help them make these decisions by giving them an outside perspective. Yeah. We kind of stand 
outside of that emotional turmoil that's happening and try to pull them outside of that emotional turmoil too and say, Hey, look, look at this logically, you know, let's, let's think about it this way. Um, that's certainly the majority of, of what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same, like for most people, it's why giving your friends great advice is really easy. Even if you don't take that advice yourself, like, yeah. It, you know, it's this outside perspective. You're like, yes, of course you should just be doing this, you know, cause you're yeah, living um, it. Something that I think is really interesting, a, a, uh, a situation I ran into is I think you have to have a certain amount of experience before you can make a good quitting strategy. And mm-hmm. I think that experience almost has to be, um, almost has to be had by going too far, by banging your head against something for too long, by, by failing, you know, you, you don't quit, but you do fail. I think that's, that's where you have to go to learn, oh, here are the markers that along the way said, I should have quit, you know, yes. I should have put this off until later um, for whatever reason. Um, and I see that often with climbers who are, you know, either haven't really dug into tactics and invested time into something to see, oh, I actually can do this, or maybe this is still a little bit too hard, even though I thought it was possible. You know, for instance, Waco a few years ago, um, Annalisa had seen me many, many times just, just go at a project. Um, And even when the first few days of the project or first several sessions of the project look like there's no way he's going to be able to send this, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've done this enough times that I can understand how close I am on individual moves and what that means for the next link, for the next link, for the send. Yeah. And she's seen me do that multiple times and then send a thing. And she wanted to try that for herself. Um, so she tried a, a v, popular V7 in Waco, you know, did all the moves over several days, but hadn't done them with much consistency. Um, and it got to this point where she was starting to get frustrated and starting to get down on herself about it. And I finally had to say, which is as I'm sure you can attest and I'm sure most people will relate with. It is very hard to give this kind of advice to your significant other. (laughs) Playing coach for your partner is often a very horrible idea. You are not outside of the emotional turmoil (laughs) in the relationship coach. Like you are still within the storm. (laughs) Definitely. I'm creating even more storm. I'm bringing a thundercloud in. And I said to her, you're going to have to get lucky to do this. Oh. And she was like, what do you mean? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, how many moves on it do you feel like you have to be lucky to do the individual move? Well, just these two. And I'm like, we've only got a limited amount of time here. Are you going to be happy leaving here if you don't send this? And she's like, Mm, no. And I'm like, well, <laughs> might be time to hang it up, 
you know, this rock climb is not going anywhere. We can come back if this is still something you want to do. And, and she did hang it up. You know, we, we had some tough conversations. She had some tough conversations with herself, gave up on it for the time being and ended up, you know, salvaging the end of her trip and having a really good trip. Um, but it came down to the fact that she wasn't okay with walking away empty handed, so to speak. Whereas oftentimes I am okay with that. Like I feel, I don't feel disappointed when I walk away empty handed. Um, and empty handed is the wrong term there because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still gaining a lot of things from it. Um, so I don't see it as empty handed, but she would have. Yeah. I don't recommend you do that with your partner, by the way. I do not either. Un unless you've practiced <laughs> this extensively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a hard conversation to have. Um, I mean, it's a hard conversation to have just with your climbing partner. She yeah. being like, hey, man, this ain't it. Like, you know, you've been putting up a good fight, but yeah, like you need to go do something else for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And it's... Do you do you think there's another way um, other than going too far a few times to really understand what that process might look like? I see a lot of people surprised by sins. Like, oh, yes. wow, I can't believe I just put that together in two days. You know, after, after attempt number one, I thought, I'll never do this. You know, I think guidance helps having someone who is more experienced, mm -hmm. who's been through these things to just be like, hey. Yeah. Give it another go. You know, um, one quitting strategy that I love that I use with my clients, my sport climbing clients all the time, and this is just kind of a little bite-sized one, is go up a sport climb twice. If you're project shopping, looking for a new hard project to do, go to the anchors twice before you pass any judgment on it. Mm. And that alone can go so far. Because, you yeah. know, what happens to people all the time, and man, even the people who already know what I'm going to say, like they'll go out and they'll be like, I tried it. It's impossible. doesn't go. had to pull on quick draws. Didn't even go to the anchors. And my yeah. response is always like, okay, next time you go out, go to the anchors twice. Come back to me after you do. We'll talk about it. Every single time they have a different perspective. And, you know, now and then they're like, hey, like this was a little too hard still. But even when that happens, they now know what they're dealing with. Like, and typically like I'm, helping to give them suggestions of what to try. So normally it's within some sort of realm of reasonable, but sometimes we'll be like, you know what? This feels a little too powerful now and I'm in good endurance shape, but I want to come back to this in the spring after bouldering over the winter, things like that. Yeah. Where initially they were like dumb, stupid, impossible, you know? Um, yeah. I think that guidance is really important. You know, I also see people in that situation that you're talking about, like I, I've given it a, a real chance um, I'm starting to formulate an idea of what I might need to do this. I start to see patterns in some people, not all. Well, where there will be, they'll try a thing, it will feel hard, and the immediate answer is, I need more endurance, I need to go train more, I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. And and then, I, you know, I think the guidance comes in there too. Like, maybe your quitting strategy didn't have enough steps. Like, maybe your bailing out too soon. It seems strategic, like you're making a good choice, but let's explore another choice and see if, if we can also add that to our quiver of, you know, good, good strategies to use. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a good point. Like, you know, another way I think you can develop this without having to go too far on either direction too many times is a lot of self-reflection. Like even years later, I look back a lot of times on, I'll think about projects and the amount of time it took me or the things that did that went well or didn't go well. And with time and distance, I start seeing new patterns and I start being like, oh yeah, like that makes sense that this went well. I kept trying it, but I was also trying other boulders or things like that. Like continuing to reflect on these old lessons of both victorious and defeat, like that can be really helpful for continuing to kind of find this bracket of how long should I try before quitting and how soon is too soon to quit. Like, yeah. I think it's really important, you know, no matter how limited your experience is, really try and reflect on that and see, hey, what went well, what went poorly, what could I have done better? You know, what were maybe some times where I thought I should have quit? That's a huge one for me. Um, there are plenty of yeah. times where, especially with routes where I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of over this. Um, like I don't really get nervous with bouldering, but with sport climbs, man, I get like, I definitely get that kind of performance jitters. And so it's so yeah. easy for me to kind of back off the throttle. And a lot of times I've had partners be like, Hey, give it another go. I'm like give, don't even, don't even sweat it. Just give it another go. See what happens. Yeah. Um, and so knowing yeah, that I've, about I've myself. I've been talked into I've been talked into another go and had that be the send go yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like thinking about those things, like for me, that's when I try and reflect on is like, you know, okay, if I was climbing with this person, what would they say? Oh, they'd say, give it another go today or things like that. Um, and trying to work that into this idea of a quitting strategy. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things I hear pretty often from clients, from people in general is like one of the things we value and there's definitely a zeitgeist that is happening, uh, you know, and, and a well-deserved zeitgeist of our time is really important, you know? Yeah. And there's always this question of, am I wasting my time in trying this tactic or will getting on this route again, be wasting my time or will, hiking pads out to this boulder again, be wasting my time. Um, you know, we're, we're often really busy people and time is really valuable. Um, so there's always that question. And so when you're, when you're looking back, you know, like you were just talking about when you're reflecting on past successes, past failures, think about it in terms of was this actually a waste of time? You know, at the time, did I think it was a waste of time? And was that true? And mm -hmm. and it'll start to reframe your tactical approach to things. Um, and you'll start to value these, these ideas that you might have seen as a waste of time previously. You know, that's, that's where I see a lot of people fail in tactics is they, I say, oh, maybe you shouldn't start from the bottom again. Maybe you should you know, start from the middle and do the top. And very often the answer is, I just, if I just start from the bottom, I might do it. You know, I'll mm -hmm. be wasting my time and energy if I start in the middle. And
and then they fall again in the middle. And I'm like, well, what was the waste? You know? <laughs> was it was it that go or was it the one I suggested that you didn't try? Oh, yeah, because you're a little um, more tired and you didn't you still don't have that link done. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think trying all these things, looking back at the things you've done in the past and framing it that way will help you start to realize, oh, this this can be valuable for my time if I actually do this thing or if I quit this thing to go do this other thing. Yeah. Um, tiny tangent, but because this is a patron episode, we do that. Um, one, let's, let's be real. We tangent all the time. Yes, so. that's, but <laughs> you know, it's allowable here. This is, this is a space for it. It's a safe space for my tangents. Um, so as far as tactics go, one of and in the terms of reflecting on tactics, one of my favorite things to think about is, let's say it takes me 12 days to send a sport climb. And, you know, let's say since day six, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start going for red point goes. And it takes me, you know, another six or seven to do it. So it takes 12 days to send. Afterwards, when you've celebrated and all that, think about, okay, if I had to do this again, could I do it faster than in 12 days? Like what tactics, like if I knew 12 was the minimum using that method, what could yeah. I have done to do it better? And can you mm -hmm. take this, apply it to a new route? Like if I go try another route, let's say I'm like, okay, you know, 12 C takes me six days normally. What would it take to do it in four? Like suddenly yeah. if you knew six would just be like, if I give, if I just keep ripping it from the ground, I'll do it in six. What kind of tactics could you use on days one and two, since you're not going to send on day mm -hmm. one and two anyways, like you already know that, what would you be willing to give up for in the name of tactics? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that approach and I, I try to push that approach often, this idea of like speeding up our process. Um, you know, I, I, it's very easy to get comfortable in a process, find your process for doing things. You can repeat that over and over and over. You know, I top rope it twice and then I go bolt to bolt twice. And then I, you know, let's try to cut out one of the top ropes. Let's try to cut out both top ropes. Let's just go bolt to bolt once. You know, let's keep speeding up that process with each successive route or boulder or whatever it is. You know, for instance, the boulder I'm working on right now is another tall, kind of scary boulder for me. And I just finished up one that was really scary for me. And I spent a lot of time on a rope learning. And I, you know, I made a video about that. That's on the YouTube flight of the antelope. And in this one that I'm doing now, I purposely, even though I wanted to go back up on a rope and learn some of the moves at the lip, um, I chose not to. And I was like, I'm just going to make the decision to not go back up on the rope where I'm comfortable mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm going to get a ladder instead and I'm going to go up to that spot and I'm going to do it without the rope. And then I'm cutting out a step. I'm getting just as comfortable, maybe more comfortable because I'm starting to learn, Oh, I can go for it up here, you know, quicker. And, and then I'm speeding up my process and you know, there, that, there's going to be a stop to that. You can't speed it up infinitely, but yeah. I do think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, you're saying speed up and some of these things might look like slowing down. They might look like extra steps initially, 
Right. You know, like doing the links, like the fact that you're going up on a ladder and not just like going from the ground, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You talked about a quitting strategy you like to use for sport climbs. Do you have one you like to use for boulders? Yeah. Is it different? Yeah. It's uh, one of my favorite of all time. It's the seven go rule. Mm. You're not allowed to. So for anyone who hasn't heard, the seven go rule is when you go to try a really hard move, you have to try it seven times without passing any judgment before you can really decide if it's too hard for you or not. And if you've made any process or any progress in those seven goes, cool. Like maybe it's worth continuing to try. If not that day, just another day in the future. But if you made zero progress in seven goes, like didn't even make any more upward progress than your first time, you know what? Maybe it's a little too hard and uh, you should walk away for now. Yeah, I think that's a smart way to look at things. Um, one of my favorite rules as well, you know, I, I use it for myself often. I use it for clients often. And seven doesn't sound like a very big number. Um, no, but it feels but like a lot of A lot of people won't go there, you know, on their own. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I get a video from a client, like, what should I do on this move? And I'm like, how many times did you try it? Twice. I'm like, well, then what you should do is try it five more times yeah at least yeah and then if you make progress start that clock again and try it seven more times yeah and eventually eventually you're either going to make seven attempts and not make any progress or you're going to do the move and start that process over on a different move yeah yeah and this is something that i see experienced climbers have more trouble with than newer climbers like new climbers have no problem throwing themselves at the same move over and over. Like that's kind of what they do by default. Um, But the more experienced we get, the more we think we know about our climbing. Yeah. You know, I, I know the moves I can do. I know the moves I can't do. I look at that move. I've tried it twice. I, I can't do that. Like that's heinous. Yeah. But I don't know any, I don't really know that much more than like a beginner climber. Um, if anything, I apparently know less cause they would have keep, tr- kept trying it and probably stuck it at a proportional mm-hmm. level. Like I'm like to me, the reason I preach the seven go rule all the time is because I am so guilty of it that I need to just like start sharpening the number seven on all of my shoes, my chalk bags, everything. <laughs> cause that's your next tattoo. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Just a giant number seven on your um, neck. Yes, seven. exactly. Um, yeah, but it has to be backwards for a mirror. But yeah, it's, <laughs> you got to think about these things, right? Right? That's how throw tats work. Um, but yeah, so that's like for bouldering, that's a little bite-sized quitting strategy. Um, yeah. And so for everyone who's been hearing us talk about the, this idea and in, who it m- may think it still seems a little vague, uh, I'll give an example. And I wrote about this briefly in the blog post. Um, but when I, the first time I used this on a trip, so I was going climbing in Lander and I had just read this book and I was like, man, I want to use this quitting strategy. I told it to this, the idea of this strategy to like two people, both of them thought it was awful. They're like, why would you, pl- yeah, would- when you, right. Why would you quit? Yeah. You know, like, I don't quit. Yeah. So I'm going to try a thing. I'm going to do the thing. Exactly. Like why would, <clears throat> why would you plan to quit? I'm like, okay. This is clearly a me thing. Like I'm not communicating this well. I'm going to get some application and uh, see if I can do better in the future. 
So I stopped telling people. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, so I pulled out my diary and I start writing down all my checkpoints. I was going to go to Lander for, I think it was a 12 day trip, 10 or 12, something like that. And I wanted to try rodeo for Europe. Now in my heart of hearts, I really wanted to try the high road, which is you climb rodeo free Europe and you do a slightly harder extension, but step one lets you rodeo free Europe. I was going to have eight climbing days, I think something like that. So because I have plenty of experience with sport climbing, I knew roughly what I needed to do for each day, um, to be able to hopefully have success on this. Now, this is a short route, like the hard, hard bits of it are maybe 35 feet total, like right off the ground to the 35 foot mark, probably 12 a from there to the top, which is another 20 feet. So it's still tiny. Yeah. And that's a challenging style for me. I don't have a ton of experience at it. Most of my, and this is a 14 a and all of my ascents minus one of 14 a plus have all been, you know, a hundred feet typically. Like I have one route that's a, you know, about 50 feet, but different style. And that was nails for me. Um, so this was going to be a hard style. It's on pockets. I've the worst hand injury I've ever had was 10 feet to the left of this on another rock climb, same style, also pockety, but two grades easier. Um, so I had, a, I was like, this would be a really cool project. And when writing out my quitting strategy, I anticipated that it was going to take me longer than normal to do all the moves to do the bolt lengths to do one, get a one hang and a two hang. So I afforded that. And I was like, okay, like it's okay if I don't do all them, you know, if I don't do all the bolt lengths until let's say day four or whatever. Um, so I wrote out all the days. Um, and my main concern when writing this was I didn't want to quit too early. I didn't want to go up it and on day two be like, nope, it's fucked. What's next? Like, cause that, is that because you know, that's kind of your normal go-to that is my default with this style of sport climb. Um, if it was a big endurance route, I'm pretty good at seeing those through. Um, if anything, I probably yeah. lean more on the other side. Like I know how to break down big endurance routes, but these short little bouldery things are hard for me. It's just something yeah. I need more, more time on more experience on. And so my biggest fear was I would walk away too soon and not give myself a good chance. Yeah. So I waited it accordingly as far as I was like, okay, I'm going to really slow play how long it takes me to get success. But if I can one hang it by my third to last climbing day, I'm in like that was kind of the checkpoint for that where maybe a bigger route, I would need more time. I would hope I would get to that sooner. Um, so yeah, went there. First two days, I hadn't climbed on limestone in a while and it was pretty warm, but it was going to cool down. The weather was going to cool down. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll go up it. Man, it was hard, but that's okay. I knew it was going to be hard. Then it snowed and yeah, we weather got, cooled down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a little too much temps. And uh, I was out of the iris for four days. So half of my climbing days were now gone. Um, and I still had a fun time. We went bouldering, man. I had a, a blast. That was like one of my favorite bouldering days in years. Um, I went, did an easy climbing day at sinks and then the temperatures rocketed right back up. Like my first day back to wild iris, I had to post hole for like an hour and a half just to get to the wall. 
as the snow was melting, there was a ton of humidity. The route felt heinous still. And that's when I 100% normally would have quit. No question. I honestly normally would have quit when the snow came, which would have been Mm -hmm. acceptable. Like, hey, totally. Like, I'm going to go pick out maybe a 13 plus, something I can do in a few sessions, even if it's still this heinous style. And that'll be good. I'm going to get my safety send in and uh, we're going to call this a good trip. But Mm -hmm. I had my quitting strategy and I was like, no, like, I'm going to see this through at least until one of these checkpoints doesn't come up. So I keep trying it. And on my third to last climbing day, I have this amazing breakthrough. And so the goal was to one hang this route, but I had this amazing breakthrough. Like it went from feeling absolutely nails to I had that moment of, oh, I can do this rock climb. Like, this Mm -hmm. is cool. Like I felt it like finally unlocked the hard crux boulder that had been super heinous. Um, Yeah. And it was cool. But at the same time, like I knew it was too late. Like the, my last two days were going to be even hotter. And I mean, even though it felt good, like I still knew that this was really hard and I didn't want to hang it. And I like, this was the kind of thing, if this was my, if I was halfway through the trip when that day happened, huge, man, that would have been like a mini celebration in its own. It's like, oh, I've got, I'm in the runnings. I can possibly do this. But you know, it wasn't, it was at the end of the trip and you know, I was definitely a little bummed that day, but I kind of looked at the strategy and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think sticking in it with it any longer would do me any good. It's going to get like 10 degrees hotter my last two days. This is already really hard and, and it's pretty aggressive on my fingers. Like, and the fact that I hurt myself <clears throat> on that wall before was still in my head. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk away from this and I'm going to go have fun. And so I climbed a bunch of new 512s that were cool. I sampled some new hard routes to try in the future. Man, I had a blast. Like, and I didn't regret walking away from it. Like, and honestly, once the trip was over, when I was kind of doing a post analysis, I was like, you know what? Like I stuck with it longer than I normally would have. And I had a huge breakthrough because of it. But I also think I didn't try it to the, I think I quit at the right time. Like it's, You know, I didn't have the outcome I wanted, but I made, in my mind, I made all the right decisions. And that's like, yeah. Yeah. I think what's important there, you know, maybe the biggest part of it is that, you know, you knew that your normal default was to quit early. You know, you want to get those, what you called a safety send in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want, you want the trip to be seen as successful in your eyes. Like I, I did something, you know? Yeah. Um, and you stretched that out a little bit. Like you pushed the boundaries of that a little bit. That's a little uncomfortable territory. You know, I'm sure you're second guessing yourself in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's part of you growing and being able to better understand that like pressurized process. Um, which is hugely important. And then you had already set up these checkpoints and you, you don't reach a checkpoint. So you're like, okay, now I can go do the thing that, that I, that will help me feel good about this trip, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. I think we're all at different points on what helps us feel good about a trip or about a route, about a season, you know, whatever it is. Um, 
do you think had you continued on it, not quit, and still not sent, do you think you could have felt good about the trip still? Or at that time, did you need those days of less pressure, fun, all of that stuff to feel good about it? I don't know. I think, I kind of think I needed those days. Like, mm. um, yeah. It's important to it, know that, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, cause I, that was like one of my few climbing trips of that year. And, you know, and I'm, if I'm completely honest, like I didn't like this route was hard and it would have been cool to send, but it wasn't the most fun thing I've ever tried. Like for sure, it goes like 100% not the most fun route, pretty gnarly. And it's, you know, aggressive on the fingers, it's a little sharp in places and little tweaky. It also goes into the sun midday. So you have to get up early. Like I need to warm up thoroughly for that, like heinous, like mono pulling, like tweaky pocket style. And it just felt more like work. Like, and I was down to put the work in on this thing, but yeah, once that, you know, once I tipped over that edge of like, you know, this isn't it. Um, yeah, for me, it, I don't think I would have continued having a good time. Like I, you know, yeah, I like climbing. Like I, I had so much fun the next few, two days of just going out, climbing on new rocks and just getting to move and do enjoyable things. Um, yeah. so yeah. And I just don't think I would have had that. I wouldn't have gotten much joy out of continuing to try it, knowing that I probably wouldn't be back to try it again for maybe years. I don't know. Yeah. I have a, I have a wild iris story as well that involves, um, two kind of uses of a quitting strategy and, Mm. you know, just kind of quickly, I had trained the summer or kind of like the late spring, early summer for, for Atomic Stetson, which was the route that you hurt your finger on. Yeah. And I showed up feeling ready and day one on Atomic Stetson tweaked my finger and was like, oh man, this was my whole trip. You know, yeah. this, this was the route I had planned to do. My quitting strategy was I'm not quitting. You know, I want to put all of my eggs in one basket. I want to see what that's like on a road trip. No safety sins. You know, I'm just going to hammer away and, and I'm going to be okay walking away with nothing to show for it, you know? Um, but day one, I tweaked my finger and realized I'm not willing to continue on this route and then hurt myself. Yeah. So I, I talked to BJ Tilden and I was like, what's another 13 C you know, I've never done 13 C on the road. I would like to do that this trip. That's the goal. What's another 13 C that won't tweak this finger. And he's like, well, there's this thing in the sweat lodge called ghost dance. So I immediately went there, started trying it and final day, final climbing day of the trip. We're leaving the next morning. I had, I had fallen in the same spot over and over and over. I was bleeding. You know, I had <laughs> I had opened up my finger on this hold I kept falling off of. And I was done. And like feeling pretty disappointed. Mm. Um, even though I had done exactly what I planned to do, like keep hammering away. 
I felt disappointed because I had gotten close and couldn't put it together. And Annalisa was like, no, you're no, (laughs) you, you have to go up again. Like you have to try this again there. We're here. It's the last day. You've got time. I don't give a fuck if you have the energy or not. You have to try. And I was like, all right. So I tried one more time and I did the route. Oh, man. You know, it's that classic, like expectations were lost and, and suddenly I was able to do it. But I think the key there was, A, I, I quit because I quit on Stetson because I'm not willing to get injured. I know that's my... If I can help it, I'm going to avoid injury at all cost. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's a no-brainer quitting strategy. If it feels like it's going to hurt me, I'm I'm done. I have no interest. Yeah, and that's a know? good one. Pretty much everyone should employ. Yeah. And, and there are times where I'll push the line a little bit. You know, I really <laughs> want to do this thing. I think I can get away with it without getting injured if I'm smart and I take enough rest days and I yeah. don't do this move too many times in a day. You know, I'll push that line, but but that's a decision I make beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had made the decision: I'm not quitting on this thing. You know, I'm I'm going to see what happens. My goal isn't to send. My goal is to go there, do a whole trip, trying one route that's really hard for me because I want to find out where my limits are. Yeah, and. And I think that's, that's the part where we get stuck. The goal wasn't to send. So even had I not sent, the trip would have been a success because I had done what I set out to do. Um, but you have to decide that beforehand, you know, otherwise you'd leave yourself open to saying, what if, and, and maybe, you know, the whole, let's just see thing. And, and then you leave it open to quitting too early to going for way too long and then feeling disappointed. Um, so the quitting strategy, whatever it is, sometimes the quitting strategy can be not quitting, you know, for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important to have. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a, I think you made a really good point. Like in you saying that even had you not sent, you would have still been happy because you kind of stuck with the goal and the intention. Yeah, I might I might have felt disappointed in the moment. Which you should, you know, but but by the time I got home, I would have been like, "Oh, I did exactly what I planned to do." So. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it makes me think more about the question you asked me on: Would I have been disap? Could I have still had a good trip had I continued trying the route? You know, and I think I, it, it's hard saying without knowing, but I think I probably could have. Um, I mean, because really, to me, the trip was a success when. I push past what, like my goal is to just push past, past that initial urge of, Hey, this is too hard quit. Like with a mm-hmm. short bouldery sport climb. And I did. Yeah. And I pushed past for a few extra days and I had like this kind of rad breakthrough. And so for me, it kind of capped off in a nice way. And I got to still, you know, have my enjoyment afterwards. And I think I could have still like climbed on it another two days. Um, it may not have been as fun, but I think I definitely still in, retrospect would have looked back and said, Hey, this is success though. Like our intention was to keep trying, you know, I can't like my goal on trips shouldn't be to send something. It should be to 
give myself the best opportunity to send things. Mm. Like that's within my control. Like, I mean, clearly like I can't control that it snowed for four days in wild iris. Right. Like I couldn't right. control that it got unseasonably hot right after, you know, these are what you, you also couldn't control that. It's more fun to go bouldering. Oh, definitely can't control that. <laughs> no, no chance. I was, Oh man, we went out. I was like, am I a boulder? Is this <laughs> every time I go bouldering? I'm like, I think I'm just a boulder. Like, I don't know why I keep trying to tell myself I sport climb. You know, yeah. Blake Blake was trying to get me to go sport climbing the other day, and I'm like, you know what? I might go do it. There's that one bouldery route up at Wolf Point I want to try. <laughs> I might go do it. And then I went bouldering that afternoon, and I was like, nah, oh, I'm man. just gonna go bouldering. Yeah, <laughs> just pulled my truck up right next to the boulder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so do I you mean think, Oh, do you think in future trips you're you're going to continue like writing out your quitting strategy? Um so I think it's helpful to write it out at the very least for me I think it's important to share with my partner. Hmm. Just so that I mean, cuz that's huge. Like, you know, regardless of what's in a notebook, I can ignore a notebook pretty well. Pretty good yeah. at that. Um, yeah, me too. But I mean, it's like, you know, you having Annalisa there to be like, no, we're here. You're tying in and I'm going to belay you. Like, you're going to yeah. give this a go. This isn't what you said you were going to do. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Annalisa, I'm bleeding from four fingers. Well, you got 10. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of partners we need. Pretty and, good ratio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good ratio. Um, exactly. Like, so communicating that with my partner and saying, hey, these are my intentions. Like, you know, no matter what I say down the road, no matter, this can even be the, you know, the morning of, no matter what I say today at 3 p.m. when I come off that route for the first time, tell me I need to go up it twice. Like, that's yep. what I need. Yep. Things like that, like communicating that with my partner, even if it's not on paper, for me is huge because you know, that's what partners are there for. Like we're there to hold each other accountable and, you know, in the best way possible. Totally, totally. And use your partners that way, you know, and make yeah. sure they're using you that way. That's, yeah. that's huge. Um, last thing from me, I, I believe in the power of words. You know, I, I hugely believe in the power of words and I know that quitting can be a really negative you know, have a negative connotation for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so if calling it strategic quitting feels bad for you, if that makes you still feel like you did something wrong, this could very easily just be called, you know, try new things strategies, you know, or do something different strategy or, or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be framed as quitting. I I personally really enjoy the challenge of taking back words and, mm -hmm. you know, um, reframing words for myself. So I like the idea of using quitting as a positive force. Same. Um, but, it, but if you don't reframe it with some different words, it's still the same tactic. It's still the same strategy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, you know, for me, that's, that's what's kind of funny. I think that's why I had such a hard time explaining it to people. Cause for me, my quitting strategy is really a stick with it strategy. Like let's push yeah. quitting further mm -hmm. down the road. Um, yeah. but like you, I mean, yeah, like, there's like, there's, there's these phrases like 
quitters never win, winners never quit. You know, yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's not true at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it sounds good until you think about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at let's let's look at Michael Jordan. Did Michael Jordan continue practicing in the exact same way he always had? No, he quit some things. He tried new things. When when Michael Jordan was offensive player of the year and people were were criticizing his defense, you know, he he quit playing defense the way that he always had and he leveled up. He did a new thing and he became defensive player of the year the next season. You know, quitting doesn't have to be this super negative thing. Strategically quitting can be a huge tactical positive. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it, yeah, I think it's such a beneficial idea. And like you, I really like the idea of trying to take back this word of, you know, of saying like, hey, this is okay. Like it's a quitting yeah. can be useful. Um, it's the same thing like embrace, like I think the the word failure is the same. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, if you're not, you know, people say it all the time. Like if you're not failing, you're not learning. Like, and that's definitely true with rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else from you on this? Um, no, not that I can think of, but, uh, yeah. If any of y'all decide to employ a quitting strategy, or if you think of another good one that we didn't mention, man, uh, shoot us a message, post about it, tag us. Yeah. I'd love to yeah, hear, yeah. hear more about it. Yeah, tag us on the Instagrams with your quitting strategies. You know, let's let's take that word back. Um, let's celebrate quitting. It's a smart <laughs> thing to do. You know, I'm all about it. I'll I'll post some. I'll share your posts and put some rockets and fireworks emojis on there. Boom! All about it. Um, like I mentioned in the beginning of this thing, uh, this is a patron episode that you're getting to hear as a bonus. Uh, if you're listening on the regular power company podcast or on the YouTubes, um, the patron episodes usually are just available to the patrons on the we scream like Eagles podcast. And you can become a patron at, uh, patreon.com slash power company podcast or right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputer, or if you're listening, watching on YouTube, it's down there in the description. Um, click that link, become a patron. Dollar a month um, is the minimum. That's easy to do, and you get two extra two extra board meetings or some other episode, two extra episodes every month. So check that out. We would appreciate it. Let's let's just grow this community. Um, I love the direction it's going, you know, um, more and more. It's, I feel like it's going in a really great direction. So we hope you'll be part of it. Uh, in the meantime, you know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us at Power Company Climbing on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, the Pinterests, the TikTok. We're not actually on TikTok. <laughs> My daughter would kill me if I was on TikTok. Um, and we are also not on the Twitter because, like my dude Nolly Simon says, We don't tweet, we scream like eagles. Power.
This time. 